Welcome to It Starts With A Click. I'm Olivia Bossett, fashion photographer and educator, and this is a podcast for fashion photographers looking to build their business on their own terms. Hello. Oh my goodness. It's been a long time since I recorded one of these. I... I took a bit of an unplanned break from the podcast, mainly because life got very busy. Um, I can't really remember when I last recorded or what I recorded, but I'm pretty sure it was in around October or November, and I never intended to not record on here for this long, but the end of the year and the start of this year has been a little bit mental. Um, If you get any of my newsletters, you will probably know a little bit about that. But basically, I'm going to give you a little bit of a life update here because it's been a while since we spoke and I'm so thankful for you if you're listening right now and you're still here and we're still on this journey together because... um, yeah, I love this podcast and I love you guys and you I get so many messages from you all saying that you love it too. So here it is again. I hope you're excited. I'm excited as well. So how have I been the last few months? I wasn't actually planning on doing a life update, but then someone messaged me and said that they really wanted to hear a life update in the first episode back. So here I am giving you a life update. If you're new, My name is Olivia Bossert. I am a fashion photographer based in the UK. I'm originally Swiss. I grew up in Geneva in Switzerland and I moved to the UK when I was 18 to study um, in a very small little town in the southwest of the UK called Cornwall and I have been living there ever since. And this is where things start to change. So in the last two years, um, I've really wanted to up my game, if you will. Um, I I never really thought I would want to live in the city or have big plans to live in the city. I've always been a very countryside girl. I grew up riding horses and I love nature and most of my work, if you look at my website, um, is all shot on location, especially in nature. I'm very, very drawn to natural environments. So the idea of moving to a city never really appealed to me or seemed to make any sense. But in the last year and a half, two years, I really began to notice that if I really wanted to take my career the way I wanted to, I was going to need to move or at least start to be more present in the city, in my case, in London. So I started to make little moves to, you know, go there. I was going on short trips at first. It was just a weekend here and there every couple of months. And then as about a year went on, I was going every two months and staying for a week. And and then last summer, well, last Christmas actually, so Christmas 2018, I decided that I was going to try and split my time evenly between Cornwall and London. So I set off in the new year to find a place to live part-time in the city and I found something. So I ended up living half in London, half in Cornwall 
for about five months um, and I would still be in that situation if I hadn't had to have moved out of the flat I was renting. I ended up having to move out of it quite last minute and quite suddenly for no reason other than the girl I was living with had a change of circumstances and um, we we're on great terms and everything's amazing but it did mean that I had to change my plans a little bit. Um, however, in the last couple of months it turns out that we are now going to be moving up to London full-time. Um, my partner has secured a job, so we are going, we are moving, and I am so excited. I am so, so, so excited to be where everything is happening and to be able to, you know, last minute get sh booked on shoots and do go to meetings and be at networking events and just be where everything is happening. Um, and I've had a lot of people ask me why I would want to leave Cornwall. And that is a very valid point. Um, Cornwall is an amazing place. I've loved living here. Um, it's been an incredible, exciting adventure for me. I, I never intended to stay here this long. I was supposed to just go to uni and then leave. Um, and that didn't end up happening. I definitely stayed far longer than I was intending to. So it feels like the right time for me to move and try something different. I, f I don't think I was ready for London when I finished uni. I was, I had some health issues back then, um, some physical health issues and some mental health issues, which are pretty much under control now. And that means that I'm feeling more confident and I'm feeling more empowered and I'm feeling like I'm ready. So I'm moving to London and I'm very, very excited about it. So obviously until we move, I am very much still going to the city. I find places I can stay. Thankfully I have family and I have friends and I have rented an Airbnb a few times, so I'm still kind of half there, half in Cornwall, um, and it's not ideal, I won't lie, it's a five hour drive between here and London, and I do often drive because it's easier and cheaper, and I can put all my kit in the car, and I have a great car, so I do often drive, but it's very long, and when you do it as much as I do, it's not fun, so I'm really looking forward to not having to do that anymore. Um, I also am really looking forward to being able to just go to meetings, sort of, you know, with a few days notice. At the moment I have to plan everything so far in advance, it's very complicated. So I'm looking forward to that. Now, do I think that you have to move to a city to be a fashion photographer? I don't think you do. Um, I think it depends how ambitious you are. So for me, um, I do think that if you want to take your career to a certain level and if you want to work with brands of a certain prestige, I think that there is going to have to be some capacity where you spend time in a major city especially in a country like the UK where there only is really one fashion hub and that is London. If you're in the US, for example, you can live in LA, New York, Chicago, there, there are fashion hubs kind of everywhere there. It's such a big country, whereas the UK is so much smaller. So 
I have felt the need to be in London and I have noticed a huge change and a huge amount of acceleration in my career since making time in the city. However, I'm a big advocate that you don't need to up your entire life and move to London or move to a big city if that isn't right for you. I know that a lot of people listening are, you know, they have families, they have children, or maybe it's just not at all what they want to do. And that is absolutely fine. You do not need to do what I am doing. I am just very ambitious and I have very, very big dreams. So I am making this move. Now, if you want to stay in the countryside living where you live, I highly recommend you read and take my free pitching course, which is on my website. Um, it is basically the, the best way that I have found whilst living very far away from a big city to network, market myself and get work out here. One of the main ways that I have been able to survive as a photographer, a fashion photographer, far away from the city has been through pitching myself to brands and then asking them to send me products out here and using the location I have around me to my advantage. One of the big pulls to Cornwall is the fact that it is such a beautiful landscape. We have amazing beaches, we have amazing moorland, we have beautiful forest. There is everything you could ever want down here, but it's very far away. So I caught on to that fact and I basically looked at the brands that were in my ideal client list and the people that I thought needed this kind of environment and I I targeted them and emailed them and it works. It really works. So if you want to know more about that, I'm going to link a blog post in the show notes that will help you. And I will also link to my pitching course. It's free. It's an email um, course. You sign up and you get five or six emails sent to your inbox. They're all very helpful and they will help you get started with pitching yourself to brands wherever you are in the world, no matter where you live. Um, and you can start making a living and some income as a fashion photographer. So I didn't want to just have this episode be a life update. I wanted to bring you some some value and this season in itself of um, this podcast, I'm aiming to release 10 episodes. Um, I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but producing these takes a lot of time and um, I found that last year I burnt out a little bit with the podcast because I just didn't really set myself any, li- any limits. So the plan with this season is to have 10 episodes, five solo episodes with me and five interviews and that will hopefully be really a amazing content for you and be achievable for me. So this is going to be the first episode of that and I want to talk about dealing with bad weather because I got a, I got an Instagram message a week ago asking me how I deal with bad weather and the person was essentially saying that they've had to have a lot of shoots cancelled the last couple of months because of the weather. I'm assuming you live in the UK because the weather since November has been awful in the UK, probably in the whole of Europe, but definitely in the UK. 
and that they can't afford a studio. So how do they cope with work and making money when the weather is terrible and you need it to be better? So I wanted to talk about that because initially when I got this message from this girl, I thought, oh gosh, I don't really know what to tell you. But then I I started talking about it with my boyfriend and I, I thought about it and I was like, hang on, I have so much I can share with you and so much I can help you on this with. And um, that's what I'm going to talk about today because I feel like there's going to be a lot of you that also have this problem. So let's dive into what to do when there's bad weather. So first things first, home studios. I have only really shot in professional studios a dozen times. Um, By the way, if you hear any creaking in the background, it's my dog in his bed. He likes to move a lot and I don't edit that out. (laughs) Um, So I've only hired studios a dozen of times, um, maybe more than that, but I tend to shoot most of my imagery in my home studio. And I'm sure that that sounds like it needs a lot of kit and that it's expensive. And of course, you can take it to a point where it's very expensive and you spend a lot of money and build up a massive amount of kit. But you really don't need a lot to, to do a lot. Um, I am a massive advocate for keeping things simple. And my absolute favorite way of shooting most of the time is with window light. And you don't necessarily need to spend money on a backdrop um, rigger or backdrop paper or fabric backdrops or any kind of kit. You don't even need to have a flash kit if you don't want to. If you do want to, then absolutely invest in one. But if you don't, and for a long time I didn't, just use a window. I push for this all the time. I think that it's actually a limiting belief that to be a good photographer, you need a lot of kit. And I know that it looks like you do when you see behind the scenes images and campaign shoots and it looks like there's all this stuff going on, but some of the best images that you've ever seen have been taken with a window, a sheet that's been rigged up by some kind of weird means, and that's it. Um, If you'll have seen any of my older behind the scenes videos, I I used to do a lot of shoots in one of my best friends and my one of my makeup artists' rooms in London. Uh, we used to use her clothing, uh, her clothing drying rack, um, and we would drape a sheet over the drying rack and hold and place that in front of the windows. She only had two, I'd say average sized windows. Um, they did face south, so they got quite a lot of light, but We'd rig that up that way and I sat my model down in front of the sheet facing the window and that was our setup. I mainly did this for beauty shoots and I absolutely think you can do this for beauty shoots and portraits, which is a great alternative if the weather is bad. Now obviously I know what you're thinking, the weather's bad, it means it's darker. Um, You can still shoot, you can still lower your f-stop, you can still up your ISO. These days cameras are so much better at coping with it. You can also reduce noise when you edit and that will make things a million times easier as well. So do not be limited to the fact that you can't rent a studio. If you do want to invest in lighting kits, 
you can get flash kits for so cheap these days. Um, the best brand I recommend is Godox or um, Pixar, Pixel, Pixar Pro, I think they're called in the UK. Um, I've also heard of Alien Bees in the, in the US. But basically, go on Amazon and look up lights. I know that for a fact on Amazon you can buy daylight balanced LED lights for about £60. And if you can't scrape together £60, like, I'm sure you can. Like, honestly, if you really need to invest in lights, that is more than affordable. Um... That's what I would do. If I was really like, okay, I need a studio set up, I don't have a room that's light enough, or for some, there's some other reason that you can't do it at home, or you don't have just natural light capabilities, go on Amazon and do some searching on what kind of lights you can invest in at home. Um, what else can I recommend you? Oh, renting. Um, so... I live still very close to the university that I went to and as an alumni I get a very very small discount on renting the kit from the uni but that's one big tip I would give you is if you live near a university or you live near the city renting kit is a really really good option for when you can't actually afford it on your own and to own it yourself but you just want to use it for the odd shoot here and there um, you can charge and you should charge rental kit to your clients especially if you're shooting for big clients or but you know let's say that you have a portrait shoot that you've booked for 250 pounds and the weather is going to be terrible but you still want to go ahead with the shoot I would absolutely not be against emailing my client and saying listen I really want to do this shoot with you the, the weather is going to be terrible, but I would really like to go ahead. How would you feel about adding an extra £50 onto the cost of renting equipment and then I can do this for you still? Um, if that doesn't sound like something you want to do, definitely just still look into renting. I do think that renting can be very affordable. Look into any universities that are near you where you could rent from. You'll often find that universities have external users that they rent their kit to and this helps the university's photo departments make money so they can buy more kit etc. So I've done that a lot in the past and for the past five years since finishing uni I've used the university's rental system quite a lot especially when I'm testing out a new piece of kit or trying a new lens out that I might want to buy. Renting has been a great way for me to try things out and see what works best for me. So do give rental uh, a thought. The next suggestion is to look for indoor locations. Um, there, I think that when you shoot on location most of the time and you're reliant on the weather, it can feel quite scary to go indoors or to try and find indoor locations or it might feel like it's impossible because of location fees or what's that, whatever, like things like that. But Honestly, ask your friends and family. That is what I do. Whenever I need a last minute location or I'm looking for somewhere beautiful to shoot, I will message my friends or I'll post a status on Facebook and I'll say, I'm looking for a location, an, a house with big bright windows and um, 
something and someone who wouldn't mind me taking a client in or putting a shoot together and shooting inside their home. You would be surprised how many people get back to you and say, absolutely, I would love to let you come in and photo shoot in here because they feel excited that they that you're using their home and their house as a location and they're going to see their home in your images. So don't discount the fact that you can just ask your friends and family. Um, you'll be very surprised how many people you get back, who get back to you. Um, a funny story for me is about this time last year, actually, I wanted to produce a shoot on location um, which involved backdrops in nature. Uh, you might know this shoot if you know my work, but the about three days before the shoot was meant to go ahead, the Met Office, the weather people in the UK, announced there was going to be a massive storm on the day of my shoot planned. And I had a model booked, I had a stylist who had brought um, loads of clothes down, I had a whole team booked for this shoot. So I was in a bit of a panic and I really needed to find something fast. I was emailing around, I asked a bunch of people whether they um, a bunch of businesses actually whether I, they would let me shoot in their locations and no one was getting back to me because it was a Saturday and the shoot was happening on a Monday so I literally had about 48 hours to sort this out and I then started to think about greenhouses because a greenhouse was still a garden-y kind of feel which was what I wanted but it would be safe from the elements so I began to think about greenhouses I'd seen and there was one particular one not far from my house um, in Falmouth that is actually a cafe that had a really nice greenhouse, but they weren't getting back to me and I couldn't get a hold of them. And so I rang my partner's mum, who is local to Cornwall, and I said to her, I'm looking for a greenhouse. Do you know anyone who has a greenhouse? It can be small, it can be big, I don't, doesn't matter, I just need something I can shoot in. And of course, she knew someone with a massive one. So she then rang her friend and said, and it sort of explained the situation, explained who I was, what I was looking to do, and um, asked whether she would let me shoot in her greenhouse. And they said yes. So I rang the owner of this house and I agreed to go and drive over there the next day. So I think it was a Sunday, I drove over there, it was about an hour's drive, went and had a look at this greenhouse and it was massive and it was absolutely perfect for what we were doing. So I explained what we would be doing, the timings, how many people would be here and they were so excited and they were so friendly and they were so helpful and they actually ended up giving us a whole room in their house that we could use to dress the model and style and do the hair and makeup in. They offered us tea and biscuits and cake and they were so friendly and the images are some of my favourites and they're still in my portfolio to this day so I really really love those images but that just goes to show that when you need to find a, a solution to a problem, sometimes you just have to get a bit creative and you have to ask your, your, your friends for help. 
I really want to stress that, that you need to ask and be open with your requests. Don't be afraid of asking people for their help when you need it, because that is what's going to make the difference between you being able to shoot and you not being able to shoot. Okay, so the next option, which isn't my favourite, is simply to reschedule. Um, I think cancelling is a is a strong move to make when there's bad weather. A lot of people panic and just cancel shoots, but I think that the better option would just be to reschedule and push back. Um, I often try to only book two or three shoots a week, which means that I have a little bit of leeway either side for when the weather's bad. If someone is desperate to be shot out on location in the sunshine, then, you know, we live in England. You might not be, li- who you- if you're listening, you might not live in the UK, so you might not know how hard this is, but in the UK it rains so much or it's really windy and the weather's bad. So rescheduling is your best option. I put in my contract that people can reschedule and that the pricing will all cha- will all stay the same and everything will remain the same. The only thing that will change is the date of the shoot. Because um, people often email me about that. They'll say, you know, what happens if the weather is bad? If the shoot is small enough, let's say I'm just doing some headshots or some portraits for someone, absolutely rescheduling is an easy option. Now, the last thing you can suggest, if you're working with brands... This is so, so important, especially if you're working in a country like the UK where the weather is unpredictable. You need to make the brands aware that they need to have a bad weather contingency plan. There is absolutely no point in booking shoots two months ahead of time with a brand and then hoping the weather is going to be okay. Brands need to take responsibility and they need to put budget aside for indoor locations. So whenever I book a shoot with a brand in the UK on location I will always stress to them that if if they want the shoot to go ahead on the date planned no matter what the weather they need to have an indoor location contingency plan. I make that clear from the very start in the early conversations so that they, they so that they know what they need to do. There's no point in getting on the shoot day and then being like oh no we've got bad weather we can't do it um, and then the brand is frustrated Ultimately, it would be their fault and they would still have to pay you for the time because you booked a day out. But regardless, I would always try and push for an indoor location if you can. Other options for bad weather are to put up scrims above you and your model as you shoot. Um, I tend to always have an assistant on big jobs and I literally just get them to hold an umbrella over me and my kit Um, you can also, as I said, jig up a scrim and have that as a rain guard over your model. Uh, try and use a clear one or a, um, either plastic sheet and have assistants hold that up above the model or, um, have a white sheet. You don't want anything colored, which will create a cast of color over your model's face. That's a really good idea. Um, You can also use on outdoor shoots the sort of awnings of um, buildings or underneath balconies. Going into forests is a really good idea as well because rain is less heavy under trees. So there are all kinds of things you can do when the weather decides to be bad. You just have to be be a bit clever and be a little bit... um, 
scrappy with the way you do things um, and creative. We are creative people, so use your creativity to overcome bad weather issues. Okay, so that's the end of the first episode. I really hope that that has been helpful, especially to the person who messaged me on Instagram and to anyone else who struggles with bad weather during the winter and the autumn and the spring and the summer in the UK. Um, I feel your pain. I struggle with it too. We all hate it, but what can we do apart from move to Australia? And we can't all do that. Um, As always, if you have any questions, um, please feel free to email me. Um, I would also love to encourage you to come and join the Facebook group if you aren't already in that. I, um, I do regular Facebook lives in the group at least once a month, either a Q&A where I just answer questions or um, something on a specific topic. Last month I did a live all about how to write a great pitch email which was really helpful and then we've done a few Q&As which have been great. I also share regular content in there, be it a little snippet of thoughts I've had or blog posts I find, videos I find and I answer questions in there pretty much every day. Anyone has a question about a job or something they're not sure about, I am always on hand and is so is everyone else in the group. I think there are about 600 of us in the group now which means that there's a huge community of fashion photographers ready to help you at all times. And it's such a lovely place. Everyone is super kind and very helpful. There is no arguing or back and forth horribleness in my group. It's a safe place where you can come and ask for help whenever you need it. I would also love to encourage you to sign up to my weekly newsletters. I send a newsletter out every Saturday full of advice, full of helpful tips and updates from me and things that are going on as well as updates on any courses that come out, um, freebies I release, podcast episodes and anything else. I am planning on doing some meetups later on in the year once I've actually moved to London and settled. I would love to start hosting a kind of networking group event thing so there will be meetups and things so if you want to know about those you need to sign up to the newsletter or the Facebook group pretty much everything gets announced in there. Okay I'm gonna leave you there I hope you have a really lovely week um let me know what you thought of the episode if you have any topics you want me to go over message me on Instagram. I'm at Olivia Bossert and I will speak to you soon. Okay, bye! Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of It Starts With A Click. If you enjoyed it, please come and let me know over on Instagram at Olivia Bossert. That's my handle. If you'd like to learn more about fashion photography in general, then head over to my website. It's www.oliviabossert.com. I blog weekly all about fashion photography and I also have a huge free resource library which is full of free downloads. Downloads include a pitching email course which is a five part free email course um, all about pitching. There's an ebook which is all about using Instagram and Pinterest to market your business and there's even an email template file of how to pitch yourself 
it's word for word. It's the email I use when I pitch myself to brands. So go and get that. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever app you're using to listen. And make sure that you don't miss future episodes because they're going to be amazing. I will see you next week. Bye.